Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. I'm here to tell you this morning that you need to be very, very careful. You need to be very, very careful. Because two people want you dead as soon as possible. Two people, they want you dead as soon as possible. The people I'm talking about, they try to monitor your movements. They try to follow you from one place to the other. And they are not just there. They've been there for many years. They were there 10 years ago, 5 years ago, trying to monitor how you move from one place to the other because they want you dead as soon as possible. Last week, when you were going to work, they were following you. On Monday, when you were in the office, they were with you. As a matter of fact, as you were coming to church this morning, they were trying to follow you. They are doing everything that you will be dead. My simple assignment this morning is to reveal these two people, two persons to you. And you can now decide what you want to do with them. The first person that wants you dead is Satan. Satan is not omnipresent. It's only God that is omnipresent. Satan can be everywhere at the same time. But Satan has a very strong network. Very strong network coverage. His network transcends Nigeria. It goes beyond America. His network is everywhere. In fact, there is a network. When you combine all the network, all the communication network in Nigeria, they can't measure up to the network of Satan. Whether MTN or Airtel or Glow or whatever, they can never measure up to the network that Satan has because Satan has demons that are everywhere trying to follow people all around. There's a network. They say everywhere you go. But even though you know that sometimes inside your room, they are not there. You want to use that network, but it's not functioning. But the network of Satan I'm talking about is everywhere you go. Even when you enter tube, you are underground. You know, there are some network when you get underground, you are traveling. There's no network. Network failure. But the network of Satan is everywhere. Everywhere. Covers everywhere. Everywhere you go. His capacity is beyond Nigeria. How do I know that Satan wants you dead? Beginning from the book of Genesis particularly Genesis chapter 3, the Bible tells us about the fact that there was a conversation between Eve and the serpent. And Eve was trying to say, God has told us to eat all the fruit in this garden, but this particular one, say anytime we eat it, we will die. What did Satan say? He said, God is a liar. Because that's the implication. He said, you will not die. Eat it. But what happened after they ate the fruit? They died. They died spiritually. So right from creation, right from the beginning, Satan wants us dead. He wants us dead spiritually. He wants, to, he wants to destroy everything about our lives. And Jesus himself in John chapter 10 verse 10 spoke about the mission statement of Satan. That he has come to steal, to kill, and what? I can't hear you, church. He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's why I say Satan wants you dead. 
He has come to steal your joy. The joy of your life. The joy of your marriage. He has come to kill your destiny. Satan has come to destroy your future. That you don't have a future. Satan has come to steal your peace. He has come to kill your potentials. He has come to destroy your marriage. May Satan not be able to fulfill his ministry in our lives in Jesus' name. That is mission to destroy. And first Peter chapter 5, verse 8 puts it aptly. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, what does he do? Walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If there's anybody that I know walks around, is Satan. He walks around like a roaring lion. As we said the other time, he has his demons. All they do is to walk around, to monitor you. They walk with you. They try to follow you to your office, follow you to your bedroom, follow you everywhere. So you cannot hide from Satan because he has demons everywhere. All they are trying to do, walk around. Walk about. Just follow you everywhere. And remember the question God asked, uh, <laughs> the Lord asked Job, in Job, I mean Satan, in Job chapter 1 verse 7. When the Lord asked him, from where do you come? What did he say? Say, going to and, and fro. If you see people that all they do is just to walk, 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 maybe they are fulfilling the ministry of Satan. They don't have a single place to sit down. All they do is just to walk around and walk around and walk around. They are fulfilling the ministry of Satan. But I want, all I want to pull our attention to is the fact that he's coming like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When lion devours, do you think lion just say, okay, let me just eat part of this? What does he do? Destroy everything. Voraciously. Now, specifically from our main test this morning, because of our time. What are some of the manifestations of the works of Satan that we can see here that makes me to know that he wants everyone dead? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Say, and you, he made alive, who were dead in what? Trespasses and sin. We were dead in trespasses and sin. Satan wants you dead in trespasses and Sins. He wants your conscience dead. Satan wants you to be shameless. That you don't even t- think about shame again. That when you are doing things that will make him to be happy, you are not even ashamed again. He wants to kill your conscience. That, you know, some people will do something and say, ah, does this person have conscience? That's the work of Satan. Satan wants to do everything so that you will misbehave. I call it the spirit of misbehavior. You do things that are unthinkable. Things that people say, ah, can somebody behave this way? That's the work of Satan. Because he wants you dead in sin. He wants you dead in sin. But from the passage that we have read today, you will know that those who live that kind of life, they don't live ordinary life. Because there's something, there's a spirit, the Bible reveals to us from that passage, called the spirit of the power of the air, if you read King James Version, say the spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience. Church, are you with me this morning? That is the spirit that's work. So when you see somebody behaving shamelessly, 
Somebody behaving, romancing sin, doing all kinds of things with sin, living in sin, and there is no shame at all. It is that spirit that is at work. The spirit of, I mean, the prince of the power of the air. It's that spirit that is at work. That's why stealing, so some people, it has become a way of life. They don't, they don't see it as sin again. They don't find it difficult to pick what doesn't belong to them. Because that spirit is at work in them. And that's why lying to some people has become their language. They can lie, and even people that they are lying about can wake up from their dead. Lying has become a natural way of life. You know that they are pretending, no, they are no longer pretending. It has become their lifestyle. Because there is a spirit that is working. The spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience. And that's why the lust of the flesh does not really... Their conscience is not pricked anymore. They dwell in it. Look at verse 3. Say, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the loss of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. The desire they want to fulfill is the desires of the flesh, what their flesh wants and what their mind wants. Now, if you were at the Bible study last Wednesday, we talked about renewing our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. That's what we looked at last week. Because apart from the fact that our mind has been regenerated, it's our duty to continue to renew our mind. The Bible talks about renewing the mind. And we're able to draw inference from the fact that there are some specific documents in life that expire in your hand. One is your driver's license. Your driver's license has a lifespan. At a particular time, it expires. Your international passport can expire. Even the visa in the international passport can expire. What, what do you do if you want to continue to use that driver's license or international passport? What do you do? You renew. You renew them. You renew it. But unfortunately today, Christians, so many minds have expired. They still come to church. They wear good clothes. They are in suits. Good hats. But the mind has expired. And this renewal that we are talking about is not a one-time thing. Something you continue to do. Because Romans 12 one says, renewing the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation begins with the renewing of our mind and also continues with it. Because you don't say, I've renewed my mind last year, then I leave it. If you leave it, it will expire. And what you see there is the work of the devil manifesting. How do you explain somebody that's already married, has a wife, has grown-up children, and we will just travel somewhere and we find a small girl, and we say, okay, I'm going to abandon my wife and my children. I want to marry this one. Do you think that, that, that is normal? Do you think it is normal? Church, I'm asking you. It is a spirit of the power of the hair. In my former church, I've not seen a lady for quite some time. Ah, you, have, you have been withdrawn. You have not been coming to minister in the choir for a long time. What happened? And lady sat me down and said, Pastor, I'm running away from that man. Say, which man? I mentioned the name of the man. A married man in the church. Say, anytime I minister in the choir, he will not allow me to rest. After service, he will come after me. And he will come. Sometimes he will be calling and calling me. Say, if I don't come to church, if he doesn't see me, he may not do anything. But once I come to minister in the choir like this, he will not. A married man in the church. Don't think that is shameless. 
But for that kind of person, it's a way of life because the conscience is dead. How do you, how do you imagine about somebody that continues to abort, first abortion, second abortion, third abortion, and it goes on and on and on and on, and nothing happens? So the issue we are talking about here is not about, uh, it's not about getting pregnant, but it's, it's the issue of immorality. Because if you are running away from getting pregnant, eh? if you, all your concern is that I don't want to be pregnant, eh? you will still be involved in morality. Because pregnancy is just an outward expression of what has happened in secret. But if you are saying that I don't want to be involved in morality, can you get pregnant? So what are we talking about? The spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience. And we need to continue to ask ourselves this morning, what kind of spirit is at work in me? Am I dead in sin? Am I dead in sin? Because it is the pleasure of the devil, Satan, that will be dead in sin. That sin will become a way of life to you. That when they are, they are even talking about sin, you just want to say, no, no, no. What is, what is so special about it? Is everybody not doing it? But when you have the spirit of God in you, you will not talk that way. Satan wants us dead in sin. The second person that wants you dead. Would you love to know the second person I'm talking about? Wait, oh, if I reveal this person to you, it will shock you. You'll be surprised. You know the second person that wants you dead? The second person that wants you dead is Jesus Christ. Somebody will say, ah, Pastor, is that, is, that not a, <laughs> is that not heresy? Jesus Christ wants you dead. Look at how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 6. Say, ah, what kind of message is this? Pastor is saying, Jesus wants me dead. I thought he has come to give me life. What death are we talking about? Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin? Live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus is the one responsible for our death. To sin. Satan wants you dead in sin. Jesus wants you dead to sin. There's a difference between the two. Satan wants you dead in sin, in your sin. But Jesus wants you dead to sin. It is only in our death to sin that we can walk in newness of life that verse 1 is talking about in Jesus Christ. And I want us to read. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, to corroborate what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. If you don't believe the first passage I've, read, I've just read to you. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who did what? Who died for them and rose again. 
if that is not sufficient for you, Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is I, okay, let me go back again. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. I have to place emphasis on that I, on the two verses I've read, because you say I've counted five. If it is about I, 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 it's about the flesh. I, yes, the baby say I, 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 I. It's about the, if it is about I, it's about the flesh talking. The reason why you still struggle in sin is because I is still at work in you. The reason why some of us still struggle in sin is because we have not dealt with I. We are only playing church. We are only playing religion. We are only playing the fact that we are born in church or we are born in a Baptist church or my parents are Christians. But we have not had a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. People of God, we can only be made alive with Christ when we are dead to sin. And it's, it begins by surrendering our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, by asking him to take control. It's not about our works. The Bible says by grace we have been saved, not by our works, so that no one can boast. It's not about the flesh. It's not about trying to fulfill the requirements of the Lord. It's about being decisive by having personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by having a time we say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I offer my body to you as a pleasing sacrifice that I will be holy and acceptable in your sight. That is the then that we can begin to live a life that is made alive in Christ Jesus. May the Lord help us so to do in Jesus' name. What are some of the benefits of being made alive with Christ? The Bible makes us understand in the passage that we have read. One, uh, Ephesians Ephesians chapter five that we have just read. Ephesians chapter two, sorry. Ephesians chapter two, verse four. But God, somebody say, but God. Let me hear you, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. The first benefit we can see is the fact that we have newness of life, or new life in Christ Jesus. New life in Christ Jesus. We were raised together. After we are raised, we have new life in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, not around Christ. So many people are around Christ. They're not in Christ. Coming to church doesn't make you to be in Christ. Going for house fellowship doesn't make you to be in Christ. In fact, reading your Bible doesn't make you to be in Christ. Listening to Christian songs doesn't make you in Christ. Hearing or bearing Christian name doesn't make you to be in Christ. He said, if anyone be in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, is what? A new creation. All things, what happened to them? They are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Talking about new life. 
Let me ask you this morning. When people say they are Christian, they have given their lives to Christ, and I ask them to write their testimony, what I'm looking at all is to see the old in their life, compare it with the new. If there's no experience of old coming to new in your life, you are not yet a child of God. Because you must have that testimony that this is the way of life I used to be, or I used to live. Now, because I've accepted Jesus Christ, he has become my Lord. New life in Christ Jesus. May we enjoy that new life afresh today in Jesus' name. Secondly, is what I call connection with Christ. Connection with Christ. Or being united with Christ. We can also see that in verse 6 that we have read. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, positionally speaking, we are in company with Christ. We cannot be intimidated by Satan or situation because we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Somebody shout hallelujah. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are in the company of Christ. If my daughter is with me and we are going somewhere, don't you know that those who want to attack her, we have to attack me first because she is in my company. The same thing. If you have given your life to Christ, you don't need to be afraid. If you are living in Christ, if you are dead to sin, you don't need to be afraid. Nothing on earth can intimidate you. First Peter chapter 5 that we read the other time, you know what excites me about it? The Bible says, Satan, our adversary. Hello? Satan, our adversary, our accuser. Someone that is running after us, running, following us. Even as Christians, those who have given their lives, and he's looking for thoughts to present before God, as he was trying to do about Job. Trying to see, oh, let me wait for him to lie. Let me wait for him to steal. So that I can, I can have a point, I can have a proof, I can have a legal, I mean, license to present before God, for God to, for, for me to deal with him. He said, he's our adversary. He walks around like what? Like a roaring lion. He walks about like a roaring lion. But it interests me. Or, and it should also interest you to know that the Bible says, like. Hello? Satan is like a roaring lion. He's not the lion. Satan is like. I know only one lion. That lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. What's his name? It's Jesus. So when Satan comes around me and he's like, I did a study. I don't have time to do that now. I studied when, when lion roars. Why do they roar? What, 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 how far can it go? I don't have time to do the analysis this morning. But one thing that excites me when I read that analysis or that research is the fact that when a lion roars, most times people think that it's, it's roaring because of anything, because of hunger or not. It will shock you. Lion roars because he wants to get attention. It shocks me to get attention. And I look at that too. As a child of God, you are doing very well. You are, you are growing in your Christian life. You don't give attention to Satan. So he tries to bring things like situation around you that will begin to roar so that he will get your attention. And he can say, no, no, why are you not giving me attention? He brings all, all sorts of things around us. So why Satan is our adversary the good news is that in 1 John 2.1, Jesus is our advocate. Someone that is always with the Father, pleading on our behalf. 
Someone that will tell Father, ah, he doesn't live in sin, though. That thing what, that he did was a mistake, and it's a genuine one. It's like a roaring lion. But we have Jesus, who is a lion of the tribe of Judah. I want to tell you this morning there is a lion inside of you. You don't need to be afraid of the lion outside there. Some years ago, we were about to take a crucial decision in our family. And we were praying to God with my wife. And there was a particular day I had a dream. I've never had that kind of dream before in my life. I was very, very afraid. I slept and I saw that I was going to enter a big mansion. Very beautiful. I was just approaching the mansion to open the door. As I was about to open the door, I had a, a dog barking. So I turned back and I saw this dog running towards me. I've never seen a dog as high as that before in my life. So tall. The dog was running after me. Pa, 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 pa. You know what happens when you see a dog running after you? What do you do? So I shouted, Aah! because it was just close to me. It was going to, I was expecting the dog to bite me. Psh. So, you know, when you are waiting for somebody to bite you, I, they think, ah, so why is it not biting? And I look back, what happened? I, but they, they shout already made me to wake up. That was what woke my wife up. She's here. When I shouted from the dream, I said, what's going on? So when I look back, I said, ah, the dog wasn't biting me again. When I checked and I look back, I saw that the, somebody very far has a long chain and just pulled the chain back from the dog from biting me. And that's how I woke up. And as we were praying, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me that that is victory God has given unto us. That what I'm afraid of, God has already taken care of it. Do you know that what you're afraid of today is afraid of you? Do you know that the battles that you see around you that think that you are going to lose, God has already fought your battle for you? I've seen some people before that because they are just passing in front of a house and they had the dog barking inside. Boo, 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 boo. They fell down and they injured themselves. Have you seen people like that before? Even the dog has not come out. Does the sound of the dog? Satan roars like a lion. Some people will have committed suicide. Some people will have joined into the lagoon based on the things that they think will happen to them, which eventually has not happened to them. Somebody one time were in Portugal, had gone for tests. The first test, they said HIV positive. Second one, HIV positive. And the person was devastated, was going to kill himself. Until they said, go and do another test. Do you know that after the third test, it was negative? Have you some people that they will have killed themselves even before the result will come out? Because they are afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Because you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Someone in this church, and I have the permission of the person to share the testimony, came, with me, came to me, came to the office and shared some prayer concerns with me that we should be praying these are the challenges, this, 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 and that. And we prayed. But after some time, I didn't see the person again. So I picked up my phone. I first of all sent a text message. I have not been seeing you. I didn't get a reply. So I called after two hours. And the person picked the call. Say, Pastor, I'm coming to your office. Now, 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 now. And eventually the person came after two hours or so. Do you know what? The person told me that, Pastor, let me confess to you. I was coming from this place and I'm going straight to where I've kept acid to drink and commit suicide. A member of this church. Of course, because I have the permission. I'm going to commit suicide because I can't bear this again. And we pray together. You know where I'm going? The following day, one of the issues that has been troubling her, they called and said, ah, 
where, where are you? We have been trying to call you for a long time. We have not heard from you. One of the issues that she wants to kill herself about has already been taken care of. Already settled. You don't need to be afraid because you are seated with Christ. And I have the good news for somebody this morning. God has taken care of your fight. God has taken care of your battle. God has taken care of that thing that troubles you. The next thing I want to say, one of the benefits we enjoy, enjoying the grace of God. Enjoying the grace of God. That's what God gives to his people freely. When you are made alive in Christ, you enjoy his grace. You will not struggle. It's not with your strength that you, make the, make, you, you begin to make things to work. You just rely on the grace of God and the grace of God will carry you. And lastly, partnership with God. When you are made alive in Christ, you become his workmanship. And you begin to manifest good works. Because these good works that we are talking about, God has already created for you long time ago. And he's just waiting for you to begin to manifest it. We have been made alive with Christ. We only need to plug him into it. But it begins by dealing with issues in our lives. And the first thing I want to ask us this morning is for us to be dead to sin so that we can be made alive in Christ. Close your eyes as we pray together. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 to Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.